Welcome to the winter sports season finale of this week in Loveland Tigers athletics here on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports and LovelandTigers.org. My name is Jason Griefer. We're happy to be joined once again by Loveland Athletic Director Brian Knatzer. Brian, good to talk to you again. If your Mother Nature played havoc on us the last couple of weeks, we got a lot to wrap up here in the winter season. Let's jump right into it and uh, let's start on the bowling lanes here and let's start with the boys first. You know, a very good year overall, a 14 and five record on the season. You win the ECC SWAC tournament back in January. But the season comes to an end in the sectional, and 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 unfortunately, uh, the team team doesn't make it to the districts there. Uh, given the year that they had, you know, as I said, finishing very high in the ECC, any sense of disappointment and and not making it through to the districts after this regular season they had? No, I think the kids did the best they could. They they bowled. It was a tremendous year. Obviously, uh, had a lot of a lot of success, as you had mentioned in the tournament, uh, third in the ECC. Um, you know. We also invented something. I don't know if you if you saw on Twitter, but I got to give a lot of credit to our coach. You know, kind of like the NCAA football takeaway chain. You know, yeah, they, yeah. They had, they had the turkey chain. So if you <laughs> pull the turkey, you got to wear the chain. So, I mean, that's the type of kids that we have in this program. Again, you know, we had a couple dads that that are in the streaming and ones in the commentary. So you got to hear the stream and the commentary for every single bowling match we have for the whole year. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. We, we had uh, some good uh, successes. We had top 10 leaders in the ECC, uh, Joey Kapsikavich, Alton Fritch, Monty Noel. So we, we had plenty of kids that had a lot of success and we were hanging in there all the way through uh, till the very end in second. So kids bowled well. Kids had a great time. I'm sure there's not one disappointment in any of theirs, you know, their thoughts. As you said, yeah, third in the ECC in a very, very top-heavy league. You know, Levin and West Claremont, we've talked in the past about how good those two programs are to hang them right with their uh, – nothing to hang their heads about. Uh, over on the girls' side, this is quite a story here. Yeah, the girls finished the regular season at 9-9, nine and nine, so kind of mid-pack – not sure if a lot of folks were looking at this team as one that's going to make some noise in the postseason. And they just said, the heck with that. You know, here we come. You, you go into the sectional. Ashley Gilker fires a 587 series. That's fifth best individually. Yanni Cars places 12th with a 514. You get through the sectionals into the district for the first time ever as a team. How do they turn things up so quickly in the sectional after such an a up-and-down regular season? How about how about that? You know, the postseason is the most exciting time of the entire season. And these girls all came together. I mean, that's when you want to come together, right, Jason? And they yeah. did a great job. And you're right, Ash- Ashley Gilker, who we've mentioned on this podcast time and time again, is just the leader of this Loveland bowling squad. Bowls a uh, 165, a 177, and then a 245 <laughs> to get them out. Yeah, to get to get them. I mean, and that's obviously she she bowled lights out and uh, placed fourth on her on her own, um, and or fifth. I'm sorry, and then that that allowed the team to place fourth with Yanni right behind her bowling strong. I mean, everyone bowled as best as they could they could bowl. I mean, I think West Claremont finished third. Um, our girls finished fourth, and and Lebanon. Um, finished 11th. So it was a great showing for, for the team. You know, we've always talked about, they ha- always had the potential. They just had to put it all together at one time. And I guess they were saving till the very end to do that. So super excited. First time in school history. Congratulations to the girls uh, and, and coach Grogan, who, who, um, you know, is a part of the success and Hey, they're bowling on Thursday up at, at Beaverview. So we're excited for them. 
Did they catch themselves by surprise that they were able to do this, given the fact that the season finished nine and nine? I think, you know, okay, so Gilker, this is like, she, this is would be her third time in the districts as an individual. So she understands what's at stake. She was able to zero in. I think she got in everybody's head and said, okay, here's the real deal. This is what we need to do. I think they just follow her lead. So, you know, it takes a couple of times when you're there to know the expectations, you know, and how to set them as a true leader. And I think that's what we're starting to see here is that Ashley is just kind of risen above as a leader. And uh, so great for them. Yeah, and, and to not only get her through, but get the team through as well. You said that's school history. It's never happened before. So pretty darn good season for them, regardless of what happens in the, in the upcoming uh, districts. Let's change gears and let's move into the pool. And a uh, busy time the last few weeks with the with postseason play uh, going on here and all the, the different places you got to go to uh, to try and make that happen and, and try and move on. Uh, take us through some of the highlights of the last couple of weeks and how you, how you feel the uh, Tigers performed in the postseason pool. I will say – this, you know, as far as, you know, for the ECC, we're kind of middle of the line, but talking about a great sectional showing for both our boys and our girls, we got everybody out in the program. Everybody in the program made it through to sectionals in one way or another, whether that was an individual or whether that was on a, a relay time. But I mean, they just, they just worked together. Again, postseason's the most important time, and, and this is when they came through, uh, and, and this is what they prepared for. I'm going to throw out a couple, you know, uh, placements and a couple names, but, uh, and people that we've heard on this uh, podcast before, but the 400 free relay uh, placed uh, 20th overall in uh, districts, and the medley relay uh, placed 16th overall in districts. Obviously, sectionals, we're talking different numbers, but in districts, you know, uh, that's where we ended up. Evan Lucas, Jacob Carley, Landy Temple, Colin Blackburn, and Jackson Farrell all did tremendous jobs in those relay. How about uh, a, another shout out to Colin Blackburn, who placed seventh in the 100 breaststroke and then 13th in the 200 IM. So congratulations to the boys' swimming team. They did a great job, made it out of districts or made it out of sectionals to, you know, in the district. So super excited. On the girls' side, um, we had a relay. The medley relay, uh, who did well, uh, Kendall Hubble, Kendall Chapman, Sarah Lolly, and Kylie Dunlop all did an outstanding job. But I got two individuals I'll, re I'll recognize as well. Uh, Kylie Dunlop, who's finished 20th in the 53. And of course, we've heard this name, Sarah Lolly, who finished 13th in the fly. And she also finished 10th in, in the breaststroke. So we had two, two kids, um, both Kylie and Sarah who were really very, very close to making it out of the state, um, obviously taking smaller numbers this year, so they didn't quite get to make it out. But what an outstanding season uh, for them, postseason, and for the team as well. So congratulations, Coach Lewis and the boys and girls team. As, you, as we talked about before in the pool, you can't play defense. You're really working more so against the clock than your opponent. So to see them perform the way they did but also lower their times as well, I, I think that's just as impressive uh, yeah. as, as anything else. And I'll tell you what, I got to give a shout out to our dive. Um, yeah. Coach Del Marino did an outstanding job. We got four girls on our dive team that made it out to districts. So Callie Egan, Morgan Eversall, Sydney Keel, and Sarah Mueller all made it out of sectionals in districts, had a fine showing, way to really put a cap on, on you know, feather in their cap for the end of the year. So again, swim and dive team doing very well uh, and making a presence in districts. So congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, and I think folks understand as as well. You know, we're talking about all these swimmers and divers getting to the districts. That's not an easy thing to do. 
you know, a lot of a lot of team seasons end in the sectionals, and some some don't don't quite even get anywhere near contention to get to the districts. And you sent so many on through on both sides, so uh, a really fine season all the way around for, for on both sides of things, both the boys uh, and the girls. Let's move on and let's talk about your uh, academic quiz team. And uh, right now, sitting at eleven and five in a virtual tie for third place uh, in the ECC, it came up short. Uh, just recently against Walnut Hills, who's sitting in second in the league right now. Of course, everybody's chasing Little Miami. They're undefeated right now at 16 and 0. So they're 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 the favorites going into the ECC tournament. You, you've got Turpin coming up to close the regular season, and then the ECC tournament's coming up next weekend. The new the newcomers into the league, and we'll talk about first Little Miami, of course, and then also Lebanon, and then uh, Winton Woods. Uh, how have the players adapted to having that extra ECC competition? And then secondly, how viable of a path do they feel they have to an ECC title with Little Miami and Walnut Hills being up there at the top? Well, you know, I, I will say this, and this goes with all, all the sports, having, having uh, you know, the big schools like Lebanon coming in and Little Miami coming in, I mean, they offer a lot of diversity, a lot of challenge for, for our kids. It's, it is, I mean, they are, especially the academic quiz team, um, you know, they did a great job. I mean, they're, I think they ran the table. They are undefeated. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, that, 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 you know, again, their coach coach for us last year as well. Um, and then uh, so it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a competition for us. So we got, we got to, we're going to go back and get them They're They're on our radar, but <laughs> um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I think the kids, kids have, kids have certainly enjoyed it when we host, like we host Walnut Hills here last night. Um, you know, it, you know, they, they won, they beat us in both games, but, uh, you know, it was good competition. Kids know what's coming up in front of them. Um, and you know, we think we can handle Turpin. We think we can get the third spot and we'll make a run in the tournament. That's what we do. Let's change gears and let's talk about your wrestling team. They've already competed in the ECC tournament, uh, since we last spoke, uh, finished fourth there. Uh, you did have an individual champion, Jared Mendoza at 170. Brett Hogan finishes second. Uh, at 113. So, you know, uh, we just talked about before with Lebanon coming into the league, they just barnstormed right through the league and they won seven individual titles. So they won half the league titles to win there. But you, know, you do get a champion there with Jared. Brett Hogan finishes second, as we talked about. Uh, how did that compare to their expectations going in? And how have they gone about trying to improve themselves ahead of the sectional coming up up at Middletown? Well, I think we got a couple uh, of guys that that um maybe changing a weight class here or there so it was a good opportunity to see where they would be like in, the, in that type of competition for the conference but i think as we enter into sectionals you know now it's all about you know that, that was a team where did you fit best for the team and doing what we could best we, we were in i think milford ended up uh passing us up at the very end came down to the last match and um we ended up not uh winning that match which propelled Milford over us for third place and we got fourth we were in third place most of the day uh and we kind of knew this going in we were fighting an uphill battle um as far as placement in the ECC we knew how strong Lebanon was uh and we, we only have one senior on our team who you mentioned Jared Mendoza at 170 who took first uh, you know and there was a couple kids uh Ryan Webster uh Ty Harder and Sawyer Bowen, who all finished third. And we 
a slew of kids that finished fourth. So we've got a lot of still youth on our team, juniors and sophomores. So we feel very strong going into the next season, but we're still going to worry about this postseason now. Um, but it's it's more of an individual focus basis as far as wrestling goes. So I, I think we'll I think we're going to be fine in some of our weight classes, and it's going to provide opportunities uh, for these for some of our third and fourth placers here that we had in ECC to kind of realize what it's like to compete in the postseason because, you know, wrestling, you know, in sectionals and districts is tough. It is very, very tough making it to, to the state level here. But uh, obviously we've got some kids that, you know, one or two kids that can make a good run this year. And definitely for next year, we've got some, you know, some talent coming up as well. Do you feel like you have multiple kids that could get out of the sectional into the district? I know obviously Jared Mendoza is a league champion, uh, Brett Hogan finished the second. You talked about maybe kids sh- shifting weight classes. Do you think that can result in getting more than one into the districts? Uh, um, I just think in their ideal, uh, you know, weight class, I think they're going to do a little bit better. I think there's a few kids that would that 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 are probably going to have that already in mind that that are shifting. Um, that I think that will give them a better opportunity. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Let's move on and let's talk about the uh, talk about your basketball teams here and. Uh, Let's start with the boys first, uh, and, and they saw their season come to an end, unfortunately, in the opening round of the sectional to Milford. So the third time this year, Milford gets the better of you. So the season comes to an end here. You finish mid-pack in the ECC. It, this was a kind of roller coaster season for this team, and it seemed like they could just never really sustain any kind of momentum in this league. And, and, and we've talked about this on the show before. This is a very, very good league, top to bottom, especially on the boys' side of things. Uh, how do you evaluate this season and the steps need, that need to be taken going into next year to challenge Walnut, Turpin, and Lebanon since they split the league title? Well, first and foremost, we need to stay, stay healthy. I mean, if you saw on LovelandTigers.org the article on Caleb Hebron, Herbon that was – he's a 6'5", you know, forward who had in June – I mean, he was – you know, big plans for him, obviously, in June, torn, torn ACL and a torn meniscus. You know, so you take a player like that out of Loveland, that, that's, that's, a big, that's a big hit on us. So that kind of changed some, some of the dynamics around. Um, we've got, again, it's a, we've got some good seniors uh, that played this year that are good ball handlers that, um, you know, provide us plenty of opportunity. We were there, for, for example, in Milford, first quarter, we were ahead. Second quarter, you know, we, we let them tie up with us going in half. And then when the third quarter we came out, it was, a, you know, we had a couple, couple travels, a couple, your know, reach in fouls and we were missing some shots. And, and the next thing, you know, now we're on the receiving end of, of the score. Um, we could have, you know, we were competing all the way to the very end and had opportunity. And then it just got away from us at the very end when we tried to do too much. Um, so I always felt like we were there, but, but now we need to take it up a little bit more. We need, we need some, we need some guys in the off season that are ballers that want to just be gym rats and stay in the gym all year long and continue to develop the numbers. We've got large numbers and we've got classes coming up. Um, we're just looking to have uh, some more gym rats some more, some more ballers and uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of moving from there. I think getting in the weight room, which really you saw that this year, we were a much thicker team than we had been in the past. Um, now it's, now we just need to continue with that, continue to be more physical and, uh, continue just to have, be able to go deep on the bench. So we put those in order, put that in place. we got some talent coming up, you know, um, I think we can make a run. We can start to challenge these teams. So you feel like you're not that far off from, from being near the top. 
we're, we're not. We, we are not. We, we've got plenty of group, good group behind us, uh, this class right now that that is hungry. And, you know, if I, I think our freshman, our freshman team, who I think lost two games this whole year, uh, and then our JV team, who again, same kind of record. And with some of these uh, other guys on varsity that are returning, I think you've got a good solid group of you know, athletic basketball players that are coming back that are all bought in, that all know what they need to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be hungry and come this offseason. Yeah. Over on the girls' side, we, we saw that they were able to seal the deal in the league, cut the nets down, win the league title outright. Uh, yep. after uh, beating Lebanon twice in the regular season. You know, you finish 14-2 in the season. You get to 20 wins on the season. But we always hear the adage, it's it's difficult to beat a team three times in one season. And you wind up getting Lebanon again in the sectional final. And this time, Lebanon gets revenge. They beat your team 49-44 to move on. So the season comes to an end now for the Lady Tigers. These were clearly the two best teams in the league uh, all year long, and I don't think anybody would doubt that. But after beating Lebanon twice in the regular season to spur you on to an outright league championship, uh, how tough was it for Coach Parker and these girls to see their season end here in the sectional final? Yeah, it's always tough to have your season come to an end. You know, it's it's it's, it's you lose one, you go home. And I, I give Lebanon all the credit to Lebanon. They did it. They did a great job. They, you know, they were excited to be there. Um, you know, they they took away some of our uh, shooting opportunities and uh, got us in a little bit of foul trouble. And they were able to rally with that. And they were they were putting the ball in. I mean, this game, Jason went back and forth. Um, you know, all the way until that fourth quarter where they, we just, we just got in a little bit of foul trouble and uh, we couldn't recover from that, yeah. but um, they did a great job. And, and you're right. It's tough playing that team for the third time, especially of that caliber team. Um, you, you know, I got a hats off them. they played an outstanding game and uh, you know, at the end of the day, they deserve the win. They, they got the win and, and uh, obviously wish them the best. This team, as you said, a 20-win season in a, in, a, in a season where I don't know that anybody thought they would play 20 games and they win 20 uh, out of 25. But you look forward now, there is a lot coming back uh, next year. You're going to lose two seniors in, in Tess Broman and, and Jenna Batch. So the future is bright. But take talk to us a little bit about, about Tess and Jenna and how they've been, how they've evolved as players, as leaders and uh, ultimately the mark they've left on the program. Yeah, they're, they're athletes. They're, they're just straight athletes. Tess, Tess Broman is a, a fantastic point guard. She, she can move that ball all around the court. Uh, Jenna Batch probably has, you know, I'm, I'm, she's top probably in the league in scoring and steals. She's probably got the sweetest shot out there in the ECC. It's, it's a beautiful shot. Um, those two together, having those two seniors, when you just sit back and watch how fortunate we are to have those kids playing for us, uh, they're good kids, they're athletes, they're competitors, they're, they're multi-sport athletes, uh, and, you know, everyone looks to them to be leaders, and I think they did, did a great job with that, and I think they are going to, to your point, Jason, leave the team in good hands moving forward. Those are the only two seniors that we lose. Again, hard kids to lose. Um, it seems like there's always two every year that we lose that are that type of type of kid. But then what we're finding out is, hey, they prepare the next group. And so there's plenty of kids that are coming up that, you know, got to, to work with them and they're going to be the leaders next year. So, 
um, you know, we just want to say thanks for all that they've done over the years. And it's been an absolute joy to watch those two play. And uh, with congratulations also to Jenna Batch, who was recently nominated to the McDonald's All-American game. That's no small feat either when you're talking about the best of the best, not only in Ohio, but in the country to be nominated to get to that game. That's a huge honor uh, for her indeed, but still great careers for both Jenna and Tess. Unfortunately, comes to an in the sectional final, but a 21 season nonetheless, nothing to shake a stick at there. As we're winding down the winter sports season, and obviously, as we've talked about, there's still some work to be done to uh, to close it out here, but we're closing the deal here on the podcast um, what, and taking stock of this winter season, how would you evaluate the totality of it as an athletic director, maybe compared back to the fall season? How, how was it more challenging, less challenging about the same as the fall season to run it from your perspective? I think it was, uh, the fall was a little more challenging in the beginning because you're trying to learn, okay, what is, what is COVID procedures look like for, uh, you know, the, the stadium, for the gymnasium? What, what does that look like? How do, how do we best going to protect our kids, our parents, the visiting parents? And I think you kind of, you know, you got the idea of it. We learned how to deal with quarantines and what that looked like. But certainly once we got into that fall season and after, I'm sorry, once we got into that winter season and we kind of got an idea how we were going to move forward, the, you know, the COVID quarantine started to come. And so all of a sudden you found yourself, you know, in the last two weeks of the season, having to have eight games in two weeks. And then you never know day to day, you know, 2.30, who's calling me to cancel. So that's the hard time is just being able to, you know, move things around and things, making sure you're providing opportunity, opportunity that's safe for, for everyone, um, you know, involved in the, in the whole, whole, you know, athletics for, for us, for our league, for our, you know, how to conference opponents, that's the hardest part. And I think that was the biggest learning curve for us in this department is how do we juggle all of this? It felt like a spring season, both this entire winter, because in the spring year, it's always weather cancellations. So this was even a, a little bit more challenging. I think this upcoming spring is even going to add to it where we could still have quarantine and we also have these weather, uh, you know, possibilities as well. But as far as the totality of the of the winter, I think for Loveland athletes, you know, we did a great job responding every day to what was in front of us about wearing masks, about, you know, how do we have to carry ourselves on a bus, uh, you know, in another school and with all this potential threats around us. And I, I think everyone learned, I think the coaches did a great job of, of being leaders and you know protecting everyone so the totality i feel very fortunate that we were able to have this conversation right now yeah given the situation you know like, like you said to have 20 wins in a season <laughs> this type of environment is absolutely cutting down nets right now it's you know i we just didn't know if that was going to happen it yeah. didn't happen yeah, yeah it's, it certainly did. And so a, a really successful season all the way around. Before I let you go, can you tell me maybe one or two things you're most looking forward to when we move into the spring season? Yeah, I mean, we have we have large numbers in track, uh, both boys and girls side. Uh, really looking for the, you know, um, the girls thought it was their year to win districts last year. They still tell me that every single day they see me. It was our time. It was our time. Okay, make it your time now. So now <laughs> they're out. They're out, you know, working hard, get what they have to do. 
do. Um, we have a couple of new coaches. Uh, Ty, Ty Neal is our boys baseball coach. You know, it was his first year last year, but obviously we got cut short. So he has been working with these kids. I'm really excited for him to come in and, and really take uh, our boys baseball program in the direction it needs to go. Um, and excited for, for him and his boys. So as far as opportunity, all that opportunity in track, seeing baseball um, kind of led in, in a new direction. And we've got a uh, girls uh, lacrosse coach, Andrea Setzer, who is leading our girls teams. It's excited to see where those, where those carry. I think we've got a lot of potential success um, in, in wrapping out this, you know, COVID crazy year. And I'm excited for the opportunity. So go Tigers. We'll be looking forward to talking about it when the spring season arrives. Our thanks once again to Loveland Athletic Director Brian Knatzer joining us here for the winter sports season finale of this week in Loveland Tigers Athletics here on lovelandtigers.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.